Most people would have viewed me as a lost cause. There's so many things that I'm embarrassed to say I've done. I was drifting through this life with no purpose. But God saw me differently. And now I'm changed in the best way. I have become permanently marked. I am new. Fist bump somebody around you and say congratulations. Just do it. They're trying to figure. Okay, here's why you're congratulating them. It's National Break Your New Year's Resolution Day because we're on day 13. 12 days is when the average New Year's resolution lasts. So you just got congratulated for it. So celebrate that. Do what you got to do uh, <laughs> and have fun with that. So I'm so thankful that we've been in this series called New. Uh, and, and we've just been learning what it's like to be made new. Last week we talked about picking change, and so many times in our life in these New Year's resolutions, we think really small, and we don't think big scale on how we can make a difference, right? Like sometimes it's a limiting belief is what they call that a lot of times. But we learn that many times what happens is the change we want might not be the change we need. We learned last week how we can pick the right change. And so this week we're going to continue talking about change. Because have you ever just, like, have you ever just went out in the middle of the winter, you tried to start your car, it wouldn't start, like, you hear the, like, you know, you just hear, that's terrible, that's probably, if I go out, you can tell I don't work on cars. So, like, you go to put the key in the ignition, and you turn it, it's either that or you just hear clicks. Let me ask you, when anybody has that, do you stop after once trying to start that car? No, you don't, right? Like, you probably continue three or four times until you realize I don't have the power to change this. Do I? Like, there's something wrong with my car. I've got to figure out what's going on. Like, I'm, make, I'm taking the right steps. I'm inserting the key into the ignition. I'm praying when I do so. So, therefore, this car should start, and we still hear click, click, click. And that's what I want to talk about today. And sometimes life can be that way, can it? Like, we're following all the right steps. We're doing the right things. We're checking all the boxes, and we want to change, but we can't figure out why. Like, we can't figure out what's going on. Like, we struggle with the power of change. And so today, that's just what I want to talk to you about is the power that is involved inside of change. Now, I'm not saying that you take your dime. We don't have dime stores anymore, I don't think, do we? Does anybody, is there a dime store around here? I know we have Dollar Tree, so we've moved from change to dollar bills, right? <laughs> right? Uh, so, like, I'm not talking about that kind of change. I'm talking about the change you need in your life. How can you find power inside of that? So, today, we're going to be talking about the power of change. So we say it every week. Uh, so it's someone's first time. A lot of times, believe it or not, I just want to tell you this is something to celebrate. Over this past week on live.divine.tv, we actually crossed 100 folks, 100 unique people watching just on that website this past week which is crazy, just on that website. That's not on our Vine.tv page. That's not on YouTube. That's on live.thevine.tv. And I just want to tell you, that's showing that Jesus is moving. So we see a lot more than 100 every week, usually, if we could track them all. But this is just one of the websites that we're able to track. And so when I tell you to go to the Bible app every week, I'm telling you, there's someone watching, whoever you are right now, don't change the channel. You can't change the clicker. Keep watching. Uh, wherever you are right now, you may have the Bible app. And I want to tell you, we, we do events on the Bible app so that you can follow along with us. So I'm going to show you how to get there. Go to the Bible app. You can download it at the app store of your choice. And when you do that, you're going to 
open it up, click on the More tab, and then you're going to click on Events. And once you click on Events, make sure your location services is on, and you're going to see the Vine Worship Experience. Right now, you'll see the, the series promo. You'll see, that's my arm. I'm just kidding. That's not my arm with the tattoo. But you'll see the arm of the tattoo that says new. It'll give you the series info. But here's the thing, once again, you're going to find out about us here at the Vine Church. We want to walk with you whatever season you're in, step by step. It's not about, some, it's not about us. It's not about giving our name fame. We just want to give you the contact information so that you can reach out to us if there's any way that we can serve you or pray for you. You can find that there in the Bible app. Also, you can find a place where you can take notes and follow us with, with Scripture online. But we have an awesome creative team, the Vine Creative here, that loves each and every one of us enough. They also put the screen along the bottom of uh, the, the Scripture along the bottom of the screen, just in case. So if you don't have a Bible, there you go. You have a couple different avenues. You have your physical Bible. You have the Bible app. You also can watch it online and see the screens across the, the Scripture across the bottom of the screen. So that is what we're going to be talking about today is the power of change. So last week we talked about the change you needed and we talked about the lame man walking, right? Like we were in Acts 3. And we're talking about the man just wanted a few pennies to rub together to get through the day. He just wanted to get a meal. But instead, he received Jesus. And when he did, the change he needed not only led to him walking, he was able to get a lot of change and experience a lot of change. And so today when I'm talking to you about the power of change, we're going to be in the book of Acts again. If you want to get there in your Bible, it's going to be Acts 2 is where we're going to hang out today. And you're going to say, wait, Tyler, you were in Acts 3 last week, and now you're in Acts 2. I know, that's just how I roll. I'm sorry. So this week, we're going to be in Acts 2 talking about this power of change, power of change. And, and, and it would be crazy. So when I'm telling to you and talking to you about the power of change, you're going to see the heading in Acts 2, and it's going to make sense where I'm going. But I would be remiss if I didn't tell you really, really, really where we are. So I'm just going to tell you what we believe at the Vine Church as quickly as I possibly can, but as clearly as I possibly can. We believe that God created the earth. In the beginning, he created each and every one of us, man and woman, to have a relationship with him. At some point, we decided it was not important to have a relationship with him. We wanted to do something else. And so we turned our back on God. And because we turned our back on God, we call that sin, we deserve death. And we are separated from God. Each and every one of us are born separated from God. But God said, that's not enough. I created you to be in a relationship with me. And I'm not fine with you being separated from me. So I'm going to make a way for you to have a relationship with me. So I'm sending my son, that's what we just celebrated at Christmas, my son to live the life you couldn't live, die the death you deserve for your sin on the cross, and love it enough not to stay dead but rise again on the third day so that you can experience heaven on earth. And not only am I sending my son, when my son comes back to heaven with me and promises he'll return again, I'm going to leave something to you. I'm going to leave this thing called the Holy Spirit. And what happens is Jesus came to this earth. He lived the life we couldn't live. He died the death we deserved on the cross, rose again on the third day, and he hung out with his homeboys, the disciples, for 40 days after he rose again. Hundreds, over 100 witnesses, eyewitnesses, saw him after he rose again. He hung out with his disciples for 40 days, and he said, listen, you think this is great that I've been raised from the dead? There's someone more powerful than me coming. And as a matter of fact, Jesus talked about it. In his earthly ministry, he spent three years in public ministry talking like, have you ever just been around a hype man? Like, you ever go to a place and like, there's just somebody that's hype? Like, I know you think I have energy. I'm not really a hype man. Like, I've seen some folks that'll get the room jumping. Like, you're ready to go take charge, and they're just telling you to clean the bathrooms. And like, it's just nuts, right? Like, you have this hype man. Like, they make these promises, and they can't quite deliver. But you see, if you ever read in your Bible, if you grew up in church, and you're in my favorite gospel, which is the gospel of John, and you read from John 14 to 16, you read about Jesus hyping up this thing called the Holy Spirit. 
this thing called the advocate. As a matter of fact, he promises the disciples and he reminds them in that 40 days that he walked the earth before he went back to heaven, he said, hey, greater things you will do in my name than I'm doing right now because the advocate will be with you. The Holy Spirit will be with you. So Jesus ascends, he goes to heaven, and all of a sudden Acts 2 happens. So that's where we're going to pick up. So you got to know what we believe at the Vine Church, how we're all sinners separated from God, but by his grace, he sent his son to make a way for us. We'll finish up talking about that a little bit later, but I wanted to give you the back story of where we are in Acts 2. So today I want to talk to you about three things and the power of change that the Holy Spirit does, okay? So we're going to talk about this thing called the Holy Spirit, so brace yourself. I know that's, that's something you don't get to hear about much, and sometimes that can, that can, that can give some shudders in you, right? Like, I, I equate it to Cousin Eddie in Christmas Vacation. Like, the Holy Spirit's the Cousin Eddie of the family, like, in Christmas Vacation. You don't talk to him about him much, but in the clutch, he comes through. That's kind of what you talk about with the Holy Spirit in church. But today, as we're talking about the power of change. I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit and three things the Holy Spirit does. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to be in Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 1 through 4. So it's 40 days. Jesus ascends after 40 days. And he tells the disciples, the advocate is coming. And so in the meantime, while they're waiting, as we're picking up in Acts 2, they're just chilling at the house. They're, they're playing seas because ocean hasn't been made yet. Got it, you got it. somebody got it. Okay, Hillsong hadn't come around yet, so they're not playing oceans yet. They're playing seas, they're waiting. Uh, so they're sitting there, they got the, got the acoustic something. Uh, I would be playing spoons probably in the back. I think Peter was probably playing spoons in the background. Uh, they were getting ready, and they were just having worship. They were just gathering together. And this is where they pick up. When the day of Pentecost, which means 50, so 50 days after Jesus died and rose again, they had this festival. The Passover festival was a Jewish festival, and 50 days later, they have this thing called Pentecost. We'll dive into also what that means a little bit later. But it says they were all together in one place. Isn't it just great being together in one place? I told you I love Christmas, and one of the reasons I love Christmas is all my family's together in one place. Even if we're at each other's throat, we're, we're, we're together in one place. So we lead this, the police straight to the scene of the crime most of the time when we're all together in one place, right? But the disciples are there. They know something's coming. Jesus has hyped up this thing called the advocate. And here's the thing. Jesus has delivered on every promise he said he was going to deliver on. But this thing hasn't come yet. This Holy Spirit hasn't come yet. And it says suddenly. Say suddenly. I hear you. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So I'm going to speak in French right now. I'm just kidding. I know you, it, that can freak you out. You hear speaking in tongues and that will freak you out in church sometimes. So I'm going to tell you how I'm going to attack this today. When I talk about the Holy Spirit and the number one thing the Holy Spirit does I want to share with you today and encourage you with is the Holy Spirit speaks your language. The Holy Spirit speaks your language. The disciples are all there. They're waiting for this Holy Spirit. And this suddenly this rushing wind, it's like just comes and these tongues of fire fall down. Like, I would be freaked out. Like, I would want to know what's going on. I would be calling, like, Time Magazine, taking pictures. I'm going to be selling photos. Like, I don't know what's going on. But all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit falls on them. And they start speaking another language. And here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. When you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit. The same power that raised him from the dead is the same power 
that lies inside of you. So if you're looking for the power of change, look no closer than the Holy Spirit. Because here's the thing, you can understand the Holy Spirit. You ever been around anybody that speaks your language? Like really, really. I'm not talking about English. Like I'm talking about really, really speaks your language. For us, mostly it would be English, but like real estate. You say a real estate term, my ears pop up. You talk about ministry, my ears pop up. Like, it's just one of those things. It's kind of like you talk about football, you start talking about a spread offense, you start talking about, oh, man, like they're doing an out and up, they're doing a curl. Like, all of a sudden, they're doing an RPO, as we like to say nowadays, this run-pass option. Like, they know what's going on. Oh, that that defense is crazy. They're in a zone three. They're a two-man under. Like, my ears perk up. Like, I, that's foreign to some of you, isn't it? That's cool. That's foreign to some of you. You may not know, but here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. He understands you and speaks your language where it's not confusing. As a matter of fact, he speaks so clearly to you, you know what next steps you need to take, and he clearly lays it out. Like, I think about that when, like, you ever go to this social gathering where you don't know anybody, and then all of a sudden I'll hear somebody bring up something like due diligence. Ooh, real estate term. Like, I'll go talk to them. Like, I'm ready to go talk to this person. And you've got, like, instant equity, instant friendship, instant reminder because you understand each other. See, here's what happened at this time. Folks didn't quite understand what was going on when the Holy Spirit fell upon them. But once he did, he, he, he spoke their language, and it starts to make sense. We'll clear that up here in Acts 2 in a second. But I want you to know this is just Jesus fulfilling the promise he made because the Holy Spirit inside of us, he leads us, he guides us, he points us to Jesus in everything we do. Reminds us that Jesus is the center of all we do. He seriously speaks our language. And if we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, it's because we choose not to, not because he's being confusing. The beauty of the Holy Spirit is that he speaks your language. What I love about the Holy Spirit, too, is that, like, <laughs> he don't take any days off. Like, when I was thinking of the Holy Spirit, I was thinking, like, how the Holy Spirit's with you. Jesus promises it. It falls down on the disciples. As a matter of fact, it launches the first church the first early church, as we say, and we're living that out today because the Holy Spirit fell upon them. This is the local church. This is what happens. 2,000 plus years later, we're still living out what's happening in this moment in Acts 2. But the Holy Spirit is with you all the time, and it never takes a day off. And it's better than, it, than, than Jerry Maguire, if you know what I'm saying. Like, like he's your advocate. Like, he, he's not saying, show me the money. He's saying, let me show you the next step. Let me show you who Jesus is. Let me show you how you can have power to change what you're at, to change where you are, to understand how you can grow and be better. The Holy Spirit speaks your language. I don't know about you, but how many people here are happy that we have the Holy Spirit inside of us? Right? I see some hands, right? Like, you have the Holy Spirit, and you know that, hey, you are not alone in what you're doing. Like, he's showing you clearly what your next step is. Now, the power to take it, that's a different thing, right? I'm so thankful that God loves me enough that he spoke my language. Because it's not confusing. Because the thing about it is, when I really need to make a change in my life, and the change I need, not the change I want, because the Holy Spirit speaks my language, it's not confusing. And I understand the change I need to make makes sense. It just makes sense. It's what God's called me to. Does it mean that I know the final outcome or the final destination? Hmm, probably not. But I know Jesus is in control, and he's calling me to it. He'll see me through it no matter what circumstance I'm in. That's through the Holy Spirit that he does that. So, number one, the Holy Spirit speaks your language. Let's go on with this story, if you will, and if we shall. So this thing, as we're about to pick up in Acts 5, let me tell you what's happening here. So this, this festival of Pentecost, what happened is, after the Passover, 
Uh, if you grew up in church, you, you might have read about the Passover uh, and, and, and when the Israelites passed, uh, were pa- the Passover happened when the Israelites were in Egypt and God set them free from bondage and they put the blood of the Passover lamb on the door. What happens is they have this festival called the Festival of Weeks, Shavuot. So that's what they're celebrating at Pentecost, exactly 50 days after the Passover. And what that is, is for seven weeks of the wheat harvest, it's supposed to be a festival of joy. Supposed to be a festival of good times, a festival of harvest, like we just sang about, the harvest. When we talk about there's a cloud coming, we're talking about the harvest that's happening. So in the Jewish culture, what would happen is all the people would have a harvest and they would bring their first fruits to the temple. I think it's by no coincidence that the Holy Spirit didn't come down to the first fruits were supposed to be brought to the temple. And all of a sudden, all these nations are gathered together in one place. And Jesus' promise was seven weeks later, by the way, that's a number of completion, seven. Seven weeks later, the Holy Spirit falls upon the disciples. The church is born out. As a matter of fact, the end of Acts talks about over 3,000 are added to the church that day. How crazy awesome is that? Over 3,000 are added that day, and it happens through this festival of weeks. But it's a festival of joy. What does Jesus promise to give us? Joy. So after he died and rose again for seven weeks. There's a festival of joy before the Holy Spirit comes. Isn't that crazy? That just blows my mind how God lines everything up. But anyway, side note, trying not to be confusing. Holy Spirit speaking to you. I know you're not confused right now. So let's pick up Acts chapter 2, verse 5 says this. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. How, what nation? Every it's because they were all coming together to bring their first fruit, their tithes, to the storehouse. Don't worry, we're not taking up money. This isn't anything like that. So go ahead and get that wall down. Understand that God lined up all of these people being together in one place to bring their first fruits, which, by the way, if you ever saw the, the temple and the tabernacle being built and the Spirit of the Lord filling the house, that's what's alluding to in the beginning of Acts 2 there. Just FYI, if you ever want to look back at that in Exodus, talk to me after the service. I can show you where that is. That's awesome. So it says, now there were every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came. Wouldn't you imagine that? Like if there was a UFO that crashed in your backyard, I'm pretty sure a crowd would happen. To these folks, a crowd gathered because they heard this sound, and they came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language. Now, here's the crazy thing. You think, cool, there's like five people there, right? Like, (laughs) there's a few people there. Like, all of a sudden, somebody got Rosetta Stone and learned some languages. That's all it was, right? Like, no, no, no. It says every nation under heaven was represented there, and they heard their own language. Utterly amazed, they ask, aren't all these who who are speaking Galileans? That is how much, that is how it, that, (laughs) excuse me, then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Holy Spirit speaks your language. Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretes and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. To this moment, the whole world didn't have a way to have a relationship with the Father. It was only God's chosen people, and you had to convert to Judaism to be able to have that moment. But Jesus came so that all the nations could be brought into a relationship to the Father. 
And these folks hear their own language. They hear because the Holy Spirit speaks their own language. And number two, here's what I want to tell you about the Holy Spirit. Not only does he speak your language, he reminds you are not alone. He reminds you are not alone. You are not alone. Do you think the disciples, they were probably in, I don't know, what, what would it be called, the Camel Inn back then? I don't know what they would have had, but they were in some, some, some hotel hanging out, having worship. Uh, they didn't have ballrooms, so I don't know what you would call it, but they were just having worship. They were worshiping God. They were in this moment of worshiping, getting ready for Pentecost to happen, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit falls on them, and then it says every nation. Do you think that this city that was probably pretty bare most of the year if it wasn't a festival, now every nation under the sun is there? Do you think they felt alone? They felt like, wow, I've got a family. I've got a big family around me. And it started making me think, how many fathers do we have in the room? Okay, if somebody didn't know you were a father, congratulations. You let them know. I'm just kidding. If somebody didn't know you were a father, congrats. No, uh, for real. Fathers in the room. So if you know my story. I didn't grow up with my dad. My dad was killed by a drunk driver when I was two. I'm not telling you that for a sob story. I'm telling you I had many father figures in my life, though. So many of us might not have had our father growing up, but we had father figures in our life. And what I love about our father, our heavenly father in this moment, is as the Holy Spirit reminds us that we are not alone and he is with us, how many of you as a father would pay to have your children know that they are not alone no matter where they go? Would you be willing to do that? Maybe you're a parent. Wouldn't you be willing to do that? And God loved us enough that he sent his son to die for us, but not only that, he gave us a constant cheerleader in our mind, advocating for us, reminding us that we are not alone, that we have the power to change. If God's called us to it, we can definitely take that step. The thing is, will we believe we can do it? And what I want us to know is, hey, if you listen to the Holy Spirit inside of you and you understand it speaks your language, all those noises and that, those voices of shame and condemnation and worth and unvaluableness and thinking that you'll never measure up and thinking that you'll never be good enough, that is a lie from the pit of hell. That is not the Holy Spirit talking to you. Because the Holy Spirit reminds you you're not alone. Yes, it will correct you. And yes, he will point you to Jesus. But when you hear that shame, condemnation, and that unworthiness, that, unwor that worthlessness inside of you, that is the enemy trying to shout louder than that Holy Spirit inside of you. And so right now, maybe wherever you are in this season, you think you're all alone. I want you to know if you've got a relationship with Jesus, he promised to send an advocate on our behalf. And he is here if you have a relationship with him. You're not alone. He reminds you of that step by step wherever you are. So imagine your father saying that. Like I thought of this when I was thinking of the when when I was getting ready for this and thinking about a father having a constant cheerleader. One of the sweetest things I hear a child say is, I love you, Daddy. Or I love you, Mom. Like it's one of the sweetest things in the world. And to hear the parent reciprocate that and say, I love you too, man, I, it it brings it just makes me think of how sweet that like that's just it. Outside of your name, to me, that's like the sweetest things I hear people say. You may not hear me say it much. I'm working on that. God's working on me. But like it, it, just hearing I love you, the Holy Spirit's inside of you constantly reminding you that there's a heavenly father above that says I love you. And there's nothing, there's nothing. If you continue to encourage and build up and have someone telling you how much they love you, isn't it crazy what you'll do? Isn't it crazy the things you can do? And imagine us and our sinfulness, and Jesus even talks about this, and our sinfulness, how we can give good gifts, how much greater things can we do through the Father in heaven or the Holy Spirit inside of us to people say, I love you, to know we're not alone. As a matter of fact, not only do we hear I love you, because he speaks that language, we can think of his name. 
That's even better, right? Because you tell me I love you in a language I don't understand, I'm probably going to yell at you because I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. The Holy Spirit. So if you have a relationship with Jesus, you got the Holy Spirit inside of you. Know that he speaks your language. Know, know that he reminds you are not alone. And the last thing I want to share with you today about the Holy Spirit, Acts 2, verse 12 through 13, is this. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Some made fun of them. The third thing the Holy Spirit does is reveals your purpose. He reveals your purpose. As a matter of fact, like it's no coincidence right here, like, The joy of this festival, the reason I wanted to share with you about that joy is the Holy Spirit speaks your mind, speaks your language, excuse me, reminds you that you are not alone, and it reveals your purpose because here's the thing. All of those folks said they were drunk on wine because they had so much joy. Have you ever just felt that way? You've had so much joy. People be like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's going on? Like, you ever just had that? Matter of fact, I see that a lot of times. Like, like when, when folks are, are, are stepping down the aisle to get married, I see that glow. Or when folks are, are, are having their first child or their second child or they're having children, like, you see that glow, that joy inside of them. Well, when the Holy Spirit fell on those disciples, people were saying, they're just drunk on wine. It'll wear off. Today is living proof it doesn't wear off. Like I said, we're here today because of what happened in Acts 2. Matter of fact, because of what happened in every chapter before Acts 2, we get to be here today. But we continue to live this out because the Holy Spirit will reveal your purpose. And here's what I mean by that. Some people may make fun of the change inside of you because they don't understand it. They'll say, what is the meaning of your change? But it's a prime opportunity for you to point them to Jesus. And if you don't know the words to say, you got the Holy Spirit inside of you that speaks your language. Reminds you you're not alone and reveals your purpose. Because here's the thing that you can get caught up in that we can all get caught up in. As we go through New Year's resolutions, we go through things. We see that, yes, Jesus died for each and every one of us. All of us are in need of him. But we think it's all about what God wants to do in us. But what the Holy Spirit shows is it's not about just what God wants to do in us, but what God wants to do through us. It's not about us. It's about others. As a matter of fact, the reason the Holy Spirit fell during this festival is because every nation under the sun, under heaven, was there at one time. Wouldn't it have been great if all of a sudden the Jews just spoke Greek or something and everybody would be like, oh, they spoke Greek. That's awesome. That's great. But no, no, no. They spoke every language from every nation under the sun. It's no coincidence because the Holy Spirit is reminding you that it isn't just about what God's doing in you. It's about what he wants to do from, uh, through you. Excuse me. I wrote it down like this. It's not about what, God can, what I can get from God, but what he can do through me. So many times I worry about what I can get from God instead of what he can do through me that I miss out on the opportunity to be a part of something amazing. And there's nothing wrong. You have to have a relationship with Christ first before he can really work through you. But the thing is, if it's solely about what he is doing in you, you miss an opportunity in your purpose to be here. Because that's what Matthew 28, 18 is all about. When Jesus says, go ye therefore into all nations, making disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have taught and commanded you. And he promises us, I'm with you always until the end of the age. He's talking about the Holy Spirit with us right now. Now, until he returns again, 
reveals your purpose. If you're struggling to find purpose in your life, go back to Matthew 28, listen to the Holy Spirit, see what he's calling you to do. The main purpose you're here is, number one, you got to have a relationship with Jesus. But outside of that is to share him with the world. Because if the disciples were in that room playing their guitar all by themselves and the Holy Spirit didn't fall, I can't promise you we were here today. If it was God's plan, we would be. But I can't promise you that. Instead, God had something greater in mind, greater in mind. So much so, like, the church exploded. 3,000 people out of nowhere felt the power and the change that they needed, which was to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It all started with that. It wasn't a 12-step program. It wasn't a box to check off. It wasn't memory verses that they had memorized. It wasn't the, the things that they, the, the platitudes that they could say to sound well. It was an actual encounter with a living God that changed them and brought them from death to life, just like Jesus was brought from death to life. I just want to remind you of the Holy Spirit inside of you today. I want to encourage you. A relationship with Jesus, you can. You can. It starts with him. Do I mean that you have to make all these changes? I, I don't know the change God's calling you to make. Maybe it's to, to, to be better with your finances or to be better in a relationship. Or maybe it's an addiction you're struggling with that no one knows about and you think that you can't change it. I don't know where you are. I don't know what the change is. But I promise you right now, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And he's probably telling you what it is. And you may be trying to drown it out. You may be trying to tell them, not today, not today, and I want to say yes today. Today can be the day that you can see and feel the power of change. So much so, that same power that rose Jesus from the dead that allowed people to speak in different languages so that every nation under the tongue, under the, excuse me, under the heavens could understand is the same power that's inside of you. Do you believe that? Do you trust it? Sometimes I don't. I'm going to tell you why I don't trust it sometimes. Because I think I got to be perfect to do it. How about you? I think I got to get it together. I think, well, if I get X, Y, and Z done, then I can go do that, right? Does anybody else feel like that? And here's what I want to tell you God doesn't work through perfect people. I'm a living proof of it. He don't work through perfect people. And if you feel like you got to be perfect today to get it all right, I just want to tell you don't. You don't have to be. As a matter of fact, God loved us enough, he already sent someone who was perfect in our place to be perfect, so we don't have to. And that was his son, Jesus. We don't have to be cleaned up. You know what God does? He looks for people that are willing to raise their hand and say, God, I'm not perfect, I'm broken, and I know you want to do something in me, but I'm willing for you to do something through me. I'll go where you call me to go. I'll do what you call me to do. I will, I will be who you made me to be, whatever it is, Lord, I will do. And he just looks for people to raise their hand. As a matter of fact, when the Holy Spirit speaks your language and, and he reminds you you aren't alone and he reveals your purpose, you'll do things you never would do. You'll see a stranger on the side of the street and you'll stop and pray for him. And you'll be like, that's, that's not me. There's not enough hand sanitizer in the world to like go stop and talk to somebody, right? Like the Holy Spirit will be inside. As a matter of fact, you'll see someone that, you'll see the neighbor down the road that needs their grass cut. And instead of reporting them to the HOA, you'll get your lawnmower and you'll go cut their grass. And you'll see something different that's happened. The Holy Spirit will reveal your purpose. And you'll see God's going to do something through that. Not just what he wants to do in me, but what he wants to do through me. Because you're willing to raise your hand and say, God, I know that there's something great that you've called me to and I know you want to work it through me and the Holy Spirit in you will reveal it because here's the thing I want to tell you about this year here's the thing I want to tell you about 2019 Jesus wants to do something in your cul-de-sac 
Matter of fact, he wants to do something in your neighborhood. He wants to do something in your school. He wants to do something at your work. He wants to do something at your job. He wants to do something in your family's life. He wants to do something in your friend's life. But it starts with you raising your hand and saying, Jesus, whatever it is you need to work through me, do it. I will be your vessel. I'll go where you call me to go. I'll do what you call me to do. And the only way that you can do that is if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Otherwise, it just wears off. And the change isn't real. It's just a mask like you wear at Halloween. So I'm asking you today, will you trust the Holy Spirit? Will you be willing to raise your hand and say, God, use me? Because I know that every time in my life that I discovered the power of change only could be through the Holy Spirit, whatever it was, man, it wasn't easy. It was always worth it. Always worth it. And the lives that and the stories that he let me be a part of because he worked through me, there's not enough time in the day to share that in any other way. So here's the thing. I told you what we believe at the beginning. I told you where we are at the Vine Church. I told you what I believe. I, I know I was born dead in my sin, but God wanted a relationship with me, and he loved me enough that he made a way. He sent his son to live the life I couldn't live. He sent his son to die the death I deserved on the cross, and he loved me enough. Jesus loved me enough not to stay dead and make me wait to experience heaven one day when I'm six feet under. No, no, I get to experience heaven now, and I get to experience the same power that rose him from the grave now because he sent his Holy Spirit, all because I have faith that Jesus is who he says he is. You see, in verse 12, they said, what does this mean? And you see, Peter, with the Holy Spirit, before the 3,000 came to know Jesus that day, says it this way in verse 38. Peter replied, repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So today I'm talking to you about raising your hand and experiencing the power of change and saying, God, I want something, to, I want you to do something in me, but also through me. But first it may start with you just raising your hand to say, God, I know that I'm in need of a Savior. I'm trying to figure it all out. I'm trying to be perfect. I'm trying to check all the boxes. I'm trying to take all the steps. And today that's, the Holy Spirit is talking to you. And, and you have a choice. You can try to drown it out and not, and, and not respond to it. Or you can trust right now as it's speaking your language and it's revealing in you that today is the day of salvation. The change that you need isn't, isn't reading your Bible more. It isn't praying more. It isn't giving more to your church. It isn't being a better person. It's receiving Jesus as your holy Receiving Jesus as your Savior, and then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that will give you the power to change and be all he made you to be. Reasons the disciples had joy at this moment is they finally stepped in to being who they were created to be. So as you pick the change that you need over the change you have, I'm going to ask you today with every head bow and every eye closed, have you raised your hand to have a relationship with Jesus? 
It's great to raise your hand and say, do something through me and in me. But the thing is, you can't do it if you don't have a relationship with him. As a matter of fact, as, as Peter says, repent and be baptized and then believe that Jesus is who he says he is and you will receive the Holy Spirit. So today, at the end of the service, I'm going to ask folks to raise their hand if they're expectant for God to do something great this year. But in this moment, it started. it's, it's going to start with you raising your hand to have a relationship with Jesus. This is why we do what we do. The reason that the church exists is to point others to Jesus because it's not the words of this message that sets you free. It's not the prayer we're about to pray that makes you whole and gives you the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's the faith that Jesus is who he says he is that understands there's no amount of cleanup you could do. There's no amount of trash duty. There's no amount of serving. There's no amount of giving you could do to ever, ever measure up to what Jesus did for you. All you got to do is receive the gift. And right now, for many of us, that gift of salvation is sitting at our feet. And we're about to say a prayer in a moment, and all we're doing is declaring with our mouth that Jesus is Lord of our life. We're confessing him as Lord of our life, and we're believing in our heart that he died on the cross for our sins and rose again on the third day. When that happens, my friend, I'm telling you, you will have the power of change in your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, we pray as a church, as a family together for the benefit of those who are coming to faith in the first time, for the first time. If that's you, everywhere, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand at the end. But right now, I'm just going to ask you to repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe I'm a sinner separated from you. I believe you came and lived a life that I couldn't live. Died the death that I deserved on the cross but love me enough not to stay dead, but rose again on the third day so that I may have life. Come take over my life, Jesus. Teach me to follow you step by step the rest of my life the best way I know how. With every head bow and every eye closed, I'm about to count to three in a minute, and this is your moment. How many would say that this is the day you're raising your hand to say, Jesus, I want you to take over my life. You are my Lord and my Savior. When I count to three, if that's you, whether you're watching online or you're in the house today, I'm asking you to respond. One, two, three. If that's you and it's the first time that you can say that you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to ask you, will you raise your hand and say, God, do something in me first so that you can do something through me. If that's you today, will you respond? That's you. If you're watching online, there's ways that you can respond. I want to tell you, we have people who want to celebrate with you. We have people who want to walk with you step by step, who have taken that step, who have first raised their hand and said, Jesus, I need you to be Lord of my life. And as we get ready for this moment of worship, I'm going to pray here in a moment. And then I'm going to ask you to stand after we pray. But I just want you today, when we come together, when we pray at the end, I'm going to ask folks to raise their hand if they're expectant for Jesus to do something through them this year. If they're willing to go where God's called them to go, to do what God's called them to do, no matter what it is, because the Holy Spirit has called them to do it, because they know they have the Holy Spirit in them. Because the Holy Spirit will clearly reveal what you're called to do. He will remind you that you're not reveal your purpose and help you step into all that you've been called to be. So dear Jesus, as we come in this moment of worship, I pray that we would encounter you like never before. I pray that in this moment that we would see you, Jesus, and that we would no longer be afraid to make the change you're calling us to make. 
Many times fear, many times this doubt, many times these, this perfection that we build inside of ourselves, we think that we have to have it all together to be used by you. And I'm going to tell you, Jesus, I'm living proof that you don't. I won't have it all together until you call me to heaven one day. And so right now in this moment, I pray that you would remind us everything you've called us to be and that we wouldn't be afraid to respond, that we wouldn't be afraid to put our hand up and say, God, use me. God, send me. It's not just what you want to do in me. It's what you want to do through me. Because those that went before us understood and they raised their hand. And the reason that we know you and the reason that the gospel has been shared with us right now, Jesus, is because the ones that went before us were willing to raise their hands. Just like those disciples in that room when that Holy Spirit fell on them, 3,000 confessed you as Lord that day. Jesus, you're continuing to turn others to you today because the Holy Spirit is knocking on doors. So I pray whatever the Holy Spirit is calling us to do today, we don't let today go by before we raise our hand and say, God, use me. We love you, Lord, and it's your name we pray. Amen. I'll stand and sing with us.
said it all the way through. Transformation is in our DNA. Like, there's just something about change. We say we hate it, but it's something that we all yearn for. And the way that we truly experience it is through Jesus Christ. And it's through the Holy Spirit and the work that the Holy Spirit is doing inside of us that we grow and that we change and we have joy because we're being made into all He created us to be. And so today, it would be crazy for me to say that there are some folks who you've given your life to the Lord feel like you're in a rut. Maybe you feel like you gave your life to the Lord and, and, and you thought you had to clean some stuff up before you could share him with others. Maybe you thought, hey man, when I get this part cleaned up, then I'll go to that part and, and I'm going to get my plan together on what God can do through me instead of just surrendering it and saying, God, use me. And so as we pray here in a second, you know we like to lock it up, so go ahead and lock it up. I'm just going to ask, maybe you're in that rut or maybe maybe today you're not in the rut, and you're in the best place you could possibly be, but you just need a reminder today from the Holy Spirit to say, God, here I am. Use me. 
And if that's you today, I want to pray for you. Wherever you are, if you're watching online or if you're here in this house, I know we got arms wrapped around each other. If you're willing to say, God, use me in 2019 to do what you've called me to do and make me be one step closer to you and make me be who you created me to be, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And I want to ask you to leave it up while we pray. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are asking Jesus to do that today, that would be awesome. So Jesus, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the power and the advocate that you've given us that is the Holy Spirit. God, you see these hands raised. They're willing to do what you've called them to do and be who you've called them to be. And Jesus, we know that change isn't easy, but you have made a way. You are you have made a way through the Holy Spirit to remind us we aren't alone, to, to make clear next steps in our life, and to reveal the purpose you have for us. So this year, Jesus, with every hand that's raised, I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit would be greater than ever before. The change that they experienced would be like a sudden rushing wind and that others would come around and ask, what does this mean? And you would provide the opportunity that we could point others to you, Jesus, as we continue to be who you made us to be. Continue to bring us back here safely next week, Jesus. And for every hand that's raised, I want to say thank you that I'm part of each and every one of those stories. And thank you for allowing me to be a part of you changing lives in this city. We love you, Lord. It's your name we pray. Amen. Be sure to check us out again next week. If you haven't checked out the annual report online, make sure you go to thevine.tv. You can see how we steward every dollar at the Vine. Can't wait to continue next week as we learn to be new together. Have an awesome week.